You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. New York native, it's great to have you. I guess we're doing arms crossed now. Whatever you want, man. Yeah, I guess we're this is your city, man. Uh, it is. Well, yeah, not technically my borough, but um, yeah, New York City. Extra live version, considering they're all live. This is an extra live version of the A-side. That is Esterlin speaking off camera. Casey Lydon behind the camera as usual. I always enjoy doing these extra live episodes of the A-Side live chat here on MMAfighting.com. But of course, this is your live chat. You can ask our questions in the comment section of the site, uh, or you can use hashtag the A-Side on Twitter. I will. We will not miss any of the Twitter questions this time because I get that so much greasing is thrown my way for skipping Twitter questions. But Esther is going to read the questions this time, so I'm not going to miss any. And we're not going to have audio problems because... I'm not controlling the camera this time. So there's no reason for you guys to comment on my Instagram about that. Don't tag me in audio memes. <laughs> don't comment on my Instagram. Don't tweet at me about audio, okay? I don't know what Casey's looking at right now. As the, I see what you're doing. You're trying to make the camera go, whatever, dude. Whatever. There's no problems on my end. So you can tweet at Casey, at EKC, because it's not my... Yeah, see, look what he's doing right now. He's just... Casey's acting a fool. He's just a buffoon behind the camera right now. Hey, come over and show us the guns, Casey. I'm not that... I don't have an on-camera talent. Yeah, yet. okay. Yeah, but we don't have the mustache. Like, well, he has a good mustache. But anyway, we're going to get right into the questions. We are here. It's UFC 244 Fight Week. We're on scene for all of your fest Fight Week festivities. We hear The Rock might even be around. Who knows? It's going to be quite the time. But, Esther, first question from our lovely commenters. Okay, well... um. Nothing's yet green, so I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, every MM so from Grab seventy seven, right? Every MMA fan will agree that Diaz versus Masvidal is the perfect matchup for the bad motherfucker title. Mm -hmm. You just know that those two are the realest. But if you were to break it down, what exactly makes them such bad motherfuckers? And who else would be on your bad motherfucker shortlist? Nick Diaz, Lee Murray, maybe. Lee Murray is man. What a what a reference! Yeah, Lee Murray's kind of on another level of bad motherfucker. Honestly, he's kind of a horrifying figure. Uh, but yeah, Danny. So of course, the headlining act of UFC 244 is Jorge Masvidal versus Nate for the bad motherfucker title. I've been asked this a lot, like what makes a bad motherfucker. Mm -hmm. So I'll at, I'll go to you first. You've interviewed Jorge Masvidal a few times. Uh, what is the definition of a bad motherfucker inside the octagon? And then who else would you put into that category? That, that's a tricky one because I feel like it could mean a lot of things. Um, we can, I think the easy one to, to tackle would be sort of, although, you know, it's 305, 209, West Coast gangster, East Coast gangster. Um, they're both street. That's, you know, okay. at, at, at their core. So um, they are bad motherfuckers and they've been bad motherfuckers since day one. Like they'll throw down. I mean, just look up Nate Diaz street fight and you'll find a good amount of content online as well as. Uh, Jorge Masvidal so I think that's that's one as well but I think something that uh, that's being contested here that that people don't really maybe not not paying too much attention or flying under the radar is the fact that these guys win or lose they always go in there to cause damage they always go in there to try to finish at all times and, and they all the time if you hear them talk throughout history of their interviews they always hate on wrestling they almost see wrestling as a non-combative form but it's not really that they hate wrestling because they're actually both really good grapplers themselves right, yeah um it's really more like they hate the idea of of wrestling wrestlers using positions to win fights and ultimately that's not what wins fights 
in their heart you know they're like all right if you have wrestling i use that to cause damage use that to beat me up um so ultimately we're looking at two fighters that have prioritized causing damage and looking over you know and trying to finish a fight at all times over you know positional advantage and uh yeah put in control which is you know usually favored in this modern mma system mm -hmm. so um ultimately we're looking at two finishers here we're looking at two guys that will put that above anything even if it means costing them l's in the record and if you go down their their wiki page you can you know that that, that, that speaks for itself i think what someone in our comment section for UFC Boston, because I asked Jeremy Stevens about this, and Jeremy Stevens might be one of yeah. those fighters you can add well. him to. Yeah. Someone says, oh, it's a fighter with a 500 record and a bad attitude. <laughs> That's not, not my definition yeah, yeah, at not, all. No, I thought I just kind of laughed because these are, if you look at their records, they don't have the most stellar records. But yeah. Like you said, even in their fights, they're trying to do damage, mm -hmm. whether they get the win or the loss. Like they're just going in there for a fight. They're not trying to point fight anyone, and that might backfire on them yeah. in the long run. I, I think that's an accurate definition if you're kind of looking at it from a negative or yeah. sinister standpoint of view. Um, but ultimately, yeah, that, that's what it is. Like, win or lose, they don't care. They're in there to fight you. They're in there to mess you up. If that gets them the victory, great. You know, they get a few, uh, some extra money, a win in their record. But if they lose, they're not going to stall to get a win. You know, yeah. that, that's, that's not in their vocabulary. So I remember I, I asked Jeremy Stevens when I was in Mexico, um, and when I was asking the question, I knew it was silly, but sometimes you got to ask stupid stuff to get good answers. Um, so I asked them, I'm like, hey, um, you know, we just saw, you know, Jeremy, um, Yair Rodriguez and, and KZ, fantastic fight. KZ was up on, on the scorecards. Look, if he would have, you know, take the, the, the foot off the pedal for one second, he already put on an exciting fight. Like, you know, just those last five seconds, if he would have just chilled, it would have made the fight a dud, right? So when you go in there and knowing what Jair, uh, what Jair Rodriguez can do, are you going with that mentality of maybe, you know, being a little more careful? And he cut me off and he's like, yo, you're not speaking my language. Like, I'm in there full throttle and, and just, you know, going there to fight like 100% all the time. So, yeah, whether that cost them a, a win or a loss, like, that, that's not into play. They're in there to cause damage and, and that's ultimately what a bad motherfucker is. So who would you else would you add to this list? I can think of Jeremy Stevens. This is all off the top of my head. I think there, Robbie, there Robbie Lawler, I think I would put into that category. Who's that fighter that talks about getting shot in the face and then he like spit out the bullets? He was in Abu Dhabi. I cannot remember his name off the top of my head, but he got shot. He was that in, sounds like, pretty badass. He was yeah. in like he was in England and he got shot, spit out the bullets, and then went to the hospital. I can't remember who he, uh, yeah. he fought. He, he fought to a draw, I believe, on the Abu Dhabi card. There's a but there are a lot of fighters. I put Korean Zombie on that list. That yeah, trying for to sure. kill anyone. One hundred percent. There's also different levels of it, and mm -hmm. there's different components. Like I said, the one in the cage, also your lifestyle. Like dude, Nate Diaz will throw down wherever, whenever. Same yeah, thing yeah. with Jorge Masvidal. I mean, the whole three, uh, you know, three piece with the soda. So um, I would add Mike Perry there an honorable mention that uh is forgotten and uh nate has actually brought him up josh near the dentist yeah um that's a good point that is larone murphy he's Lerone the one murphy. that spit mm. out the bullets um yeah there's there's a good Didn't, amount uh, i think darren till got stabbed once before mm. he fought and even time i talked to tyron Woodley at ufc 227 he goes this is the first fighter that i fought that's like been stabbed in like a real fight so i'm not gonna say anything that's gonna scare that guy well what about what about someone like Brian Stan, who's actually like face down army tanks in the desert and like yeah. actually I mean, had to go to combat? Look, if you're, he wrestled. He wrestled. He's not sure. a bad motherfucker. We sure. all know that. Sure. If, bottom line, if you're in the UFC, you're you're a bad motherfucker. I think uh, period. Gotta, right, but there's just different levels. You gotta um, add Justin Gaethje to that list too. Justin Gaethje as well. Donald uh, Cerrone has Ryan, a beard. Ryan, Ryan Hall. 
Cerrone. Cerrone <laughs> uh, has the BMF ranch. He was kind of the BMF before. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Our case, our cameraman Casey wants to include Ryan Hall to that list. The baddest motherfucker out there. I guess so. What about Arts and Lobov? That's a bad motherfucker. Well, that's a bad motherfucker. Well, on record. And who beat him? Ryan yeah, Hall. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we gotta add everyone else to that list, right? Like, like Cub Swanson's got. Well, Cub Swanson. Yeah, I mean, again, there's anyway. there's different levels to it, but um, but some 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 fighters more than others. Again, you just mentioned Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler is, is of that nature as well, yeah. but he also fights smart. Um, and I'm not saying you know BMF does, doesn't fight smart, but he's also aware of look, I need to do this to win this round. Uh, whereas Nate Diaz, look, he's in there to mess you up at all times, whether they cost him the round or not. Someone says, shut up, Casey, about the Ryan Hall comment. Oh, is that Artem Lobov? Probably. It's not. I can't pronounce this individual's name, but uh, uh, any female fighters you want to add to this BMF list? Oh, dude, Livinia Souza. That's one of my, that, well, this is one of the most badass uh, female fighters on the planet. Like, she she goes in there to scrap, and she also has, like, a little, like, thug street street style to her. That Wasn't I like she the lot. one that was like, I'm not here to sell bikinis, I'm here to break bones or yeah. something like that <laughs> yeah. before her last fight? She also learned English only from listening to hip-hop. Yeah. Dude. Rap songs, yeah, That's yeah. She's badass. And she has this this little flow and this little swag that I like. She, she's badass as well. Um, who else? I mean, there, there's a bunch of them. Uh, Joanna Janjacek. Yeah, Joanna Janjacek. Rose. I mean, Thug Rose. Thug Rose as well. She's trained at the BMF Ranch regardless with Donald yeah. Cerrone. So uh, I think the there's going to be, a, off the top of my head, there's a lot in the lightweight division. I think that's been the most stacked division. Show mm -hmm. Anthony Pettis. He, I mean, he's seen some crazy stuff in his, his lifetime. So uh, you guys let us know who else is on the BMF list because I'm seeing a lot of the Obviously, stuff Obviously, I think we... Clearly missed somebody. Uh, AK Lee as well. Um, the bad boy? No. Nah, that is one of the baddest motherfuckers I've ever if met. If you guys so. see Alex K. Lee, ask him how he got his scars. You don't. Like, that's a story. In that's a scary itself. story. It'll give you nightmares. That's a terrifying and story. But any, you want to add, Esther, to the uh, BMF list? No, but I wanted, to, I wanted to get to the next follow-up question. All right. Go to the next follow-up. Hit us with the follow-up. Okay. Hardy Har Har has right. a very rela good related question. Okay, of that idea, right, of that list you have in your mind, what current fighters would do well under the true BMF rules, the rules of UFC 1, nobody, no eye gouging, no groin shots, and no time limit? So just a, just a fight. Yeah, no holds barred. So no who weight cutting. Do, who would do, yeah, no weight cutting, who would do well in no holds barred? I mean, I think you got to look at people that have great cardio. Um, and durability, because you're in for a long fight, right? There's no rounds. There's no. I think Robbie Lawler uh, would do pretty damn as well. well. Robbie Lawler would be a great one. I mean, the, the two guys fighting in the main event of UFC 244 are great picks. Yeah. Um, Does GSP still count? He wants like 25 minute rounds. I remember he said that once. He's, he's a lot of wrestling based, though. Um, I mean, Michael. The, the, the question was for current fighters, actually. Current, current fighters. fighters. Mm. I mean, pretty much everyone. Justin Gage would do damn well. Habib, he has cardio for days. He has cardio for days, and yeah. he can just grind you into the canvas. He's not gonna need like, I'm not, like if he doesn't have to cut weight either, he just comes in and just throws down like he's wrestled a bear. Yeah, for out loud. I mean, I, I think uh, Demetrius Johnson would do fantastic. I mean, he would end his fights looking just as he would enter the first round. Like, I mean, he would do flips and push-ups right, right, right after his uh, his, his fights. But if there's no um, weight, can fight for if days. there's no weight classes, could he fight like a uh, Daniel Cormier? Like, could he, they get matched up, like DJ versus Daniel Cormier? Because Daniel Cormier would do real well, if that's the case. Because he has great cardio, great wrestling, good striking. Yeah, he got, like, Stipe would do well. Like, 
are we including yeah. all of these guys? Like, is Greg Hardy all of a sudden not cutting weight? Came to like 280? Well, he's well, I know retired WWE superstar. Damon would like to uh, suggest Tony Ferguson would be good. Tony Ferguson so would be cool. damn That's well. a bad motherfucker. He could, throw, he could head stomp you from his back. Who's yeah. the guy that Nico does... Price? Yeah. Nico, Nico Price. Price. That's what I was trying to... Yeah, Nico Price would do, would do real well. Uh, I think Tony Ferguson would be my pick. Cardio for days. Yeah, yeah, it's a guy that's always looking to damage. Uh, extremely durable, tough, skilled on the ground, on the feet. Yeah, that that's a guy that if if there's no time limit, I think he's one of the fighters that would benefit the most out of, of not having time limit. But then what if like Tony Ferguson, and if this is a tournament style UFC 1-esque matchup, like what if the finals is like Tony Ferguson and like Francis Ngannou? Is he just going to get slapped Dude, like right I, away? I, I wouldn't rule out Tony Ferguson out of any fight. Um, Didn't he challenge Francis He just oh, challenged John, challenge Jones. John Jones. Oh, John Jones. Yeah, John Apparently, Jones. Apparently, I think, I, I haven't looked this up, but I think they might have wrestled in college because he, he said something like, oh, I'm willing to go up two weight classes again and take you on, uh, just like the old days, something like that. So uh, maybe I'm wrong. So then if that's... Tony Ferguson versus Tony Verdun. Ferguson, Verdun. Yeah, someone ankle says pick, ankle pick. Someone says <laughs> someone says we gotta add Valentina to the BMF list. Yes, she's yeah. a bad motherfucker. And uh, Clay, someone says Clay Guida would Clay, be a bad motherfucker. Valentina goes the opposite of what you said. She she will. Do we not see Liz Carmouche? Was that a bad motherfucker fight? No. So what are we talking about? Yeah. Her 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 bad motherfucker stuff is outside of the cage. Yeah, like when she when we talk, spoke to her at UFC two thirty. Eight when uh, just guy wore the bulletproof vest and she's like she's not protecting her head, and then she kicked her in the head yeah. and knocked her dead. Like I don't know how much more badass it gets than that. She's off. No, but again, Val- Valentina, Valentina will do things that, in my opinion, in order to secure around to win fights. I mean, Casey brought up a good example with the Liz Carmouche fight. Yeah. Um, and look, she's she's badass. Don't get me wrong, but I think. Uh, there needs to be not a crazy element, but there there needs to be a little bit of like I really don't care if I lose. I'm here to like mess you She's up. She's just here to break you Rick. Know? Doesn't care. Yeah. She she actually cares about winning or losing. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that does matter because then otherwise, couldn't you, you would include all of the players? Yeah. And then there's no list. Yeah. I think I would have make Francis Ngannou like the most bad motherfucker heavyweight at the moment though. Well, Derek Lewis is pretty wild too. Mm-hmm. Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis is a bad motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. He also. But he also had a, that a, weird a BMF fight. is tied to Ivasan. That's he true. he will put look. Junior Dos Santos was ground and pound, mounted him was ground and pounded. The dude was still swinging. Like, look, I'm gonna go out, but I'm gonna at least start a punch in the face. Once. Yeah, tied to like, bosses up there. He's, he's willing to cause damage and doesn't really. I mean, he cares about winning or losing. Obviously, everybody does, but he's had not a couple as, as big losses, as that priority. But, uh, well, Yair in Boston, uh, I asked him because Jeremy he, Jer- Jeremy Stevens like I'll fight this guy in the parking lot, this and that, and Yair was like, man, you don't even know what I've seen growing up like a fist fight is nothing and then i go what have you seen he goes i don't want to tell you on camera like he wouldn't even talk about it on camera so i got you got to add your to that list yeah that dude's a bad motherfucker so in conclusion everyone is a bad motherfucker not you and not valentina <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i guess those two <laughs> you and valentina can just go worry about winning wow all right well uh this is a sort of related question mean look would like to know how do you think Jorge will handle the pressure of Diaz? And do you see Jorge being able to exploit Diaz's weaknesses? This goes back to the bad motherfucker question, leg kicks, wrestling, etc. Because Diaz obviously has very clear weaknesses, but to go after them would cut into his title as a bad motherfucker. I think Jorge Masvidal fight is he's one of, like what did he what was what's that uh, uh, 
reality show he was on. Um, um, yeah, he said coming off that show, he realized like he was like trying to win, and now mm-hmm. he doesn't even care about winning. He's just trying to do damage and hit the off button. Yeah. So, but I think he's like what Justin Gaethje is now. He's like smart. He's like intelligent violence. Like, yeah, yeah. he's not just gonna throw wildly. He's gonna attack weak points, mm-hmm. but do damage. He's not gonna hit your leg and run away. He's just gonna batter it and yeah. batter and batter it and then knock yeah, you out for sure. I mean, the, there's a still a certain element of like you, you know these guys training. They're clearly like elite fighters, um, so they approach the fight as elite fighters, which means you, you have to fight smart. Um, but although with that mentality of like, look, I'm I'm, I'm here to whoop your ass. Uh, I, I, this is a tricky one. When when Pettis fought Diaz, I thought that fight was going to be very telling of where Diaz was at because clearly we knew that Pettis was really really good at kicking, uh, amazing leg kicks. Right, just his background he uses uh, a lot of kicks. I mean, he became Anthony Pettis off a kick, right? So um, I was curious to see how Nate Diaz was going to look in that matchup because we know that leg kicks have been a, an issue with him but he was cutting the distance and whenever diaz threw a kick i mean whenever pettis threw a kick he was you know he threw hands to make sure like hey look you might hit me with a leg kick but i'm gonna punch you in the face um so i think diaz has been a little smart and adapted to to that uh, as well so i think we're gonna mainly see boxing here um and how is he gonna do with diaz pressure i don't know i mean uh, this is a really really you think good masvidal I'm, just, I'm on the fence about it you think masvidal just sprints out of the, his corner again no 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 because diaz is not gonna go for a takedown it's true he's people forget he did the same thing against till didn't masvidal did get dropped he, in he, like he 30 seconds dick, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He, did right. a kick. he did yeah. a spinning kick mm-hmm. or something and, mm-hmm. and then my but masvidal got dropped in like the first 30 seconds of that fight. he did and then he was like laughing when he got dropped so Bad motherfucker right there. Yeah, laughing at Darren Till. That's, that's gonna be a good one. That's gonna be a good fight. I, I'm still on the fence. I am fifty. About I haven't made my mind goes. up yet. It's that one is it's. Uh, but the pressure is is that is like the main question. I don't think my I don't think Mizevall is gonna have an issue with it because he's got cardio for days too. He's got good cardio. He's got good pressure as well. And early in his career, like when he faced guys like Ali Quinta and and a few others, he's also good at fighting on 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 the back foot. Uh, encountering tr- tr- slipping yeah um and so he might even welcome the pressure um up to how much extent obviously because that involves usually that doesn't look good on on the eyes of the judges we don't know but um i i think he'll he'll handle it well and that's what's going to be exciting i think i'll say this this is one of the this is going to be one of the most high output fights in ufc history that's that's what i expect. oh well, that's not that's not even a question i think the big thing is if nate the la the la his fight against the second fight against connor and then the fight against Pettis, he would press into the octagon, the cage, yep. and like stick his forehead in your chest and just like dirty yeah. box you against that. Yeah. I don't know if he's gonna have that success against Masvidal because mm-hmm. he's obviously bigger than Connor, and then I think obviously Nate is slightly bigger than Pettis. I don't think he's gonna be able to like bully Masvidal into the octagon. Yeah. Well, that I think I think we might even see that because the Diaz have these things where yeah they, they put you up against the cage, they dig their their forehead on, on onto your chest, and they go. Three six three six right to, right to the body, and then as soon as you cover up to the body, they come up with yeah. either a three or a six up top. Um, that's like vintage Nick Diaz, just just the Diaz army, um, and they've been doing that for a long time. So uh, we'll see. But again, you know, Masvidal trains with really good wrestlers, and, and he's been forced against the cage for years, and, and he's dealt with that as well. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be a good one. I, I don't know. Man. I'm really hoping this first round is reminiscent of Nick Diaz and Paul Daly. It could be, uh, yeah. Okay. The greatest one round. The fight greatest ever. one. Uh, that's my, one of my favorite fights. That that's up there. I mean, yeah. Cerrone Gallard was really was bananas too. And I wasn't Shaq Congo Pat Barry one round. Yeah, but it was just it was. 
was just sloppy. This was like a great yeah, it was one. that yeah. body shot. That's the fight that made Dana White like fall in love with Strikeforce. That's when no, that uh, UFC had already purchased yeah. Strikeforce because Dana White was there with a the Strikeforce yeah. shirt. He was just like, ah, what's happening? It's like watching. Yeah, that's what I'm holding this fight to. That's the stand that I'm holding this fight to. Yeah, why? Because that's one of the greatest fights ever. Top five Jose fights. All right. Uh, we will change topics now and go to, so um, our own Guilherme wrote this morning that uh, Paul Costa confirms he won't be ready until mm -hmm. next April. So with him out, who do you think should get the next middleweight title shot? I want, personally, personally, like if it's if it's up to Jose, I want to see him fight Jared Cannonier because I think that fight is amazing and it's too very, it's like, Israel Adesanya, who's like this big anime weeb who does crazy dancing and is very flashy. And then Jared Cannonier, who's very humble and is super in... I don't know. I know you've watched Aesai the last few weeks. He's super into crystals. Jeez, and yeah. I love everything about it. This is now the third week in a row we've talked about crystals on the A-side. And I won't, I won't stop until someone gives me crystals for the A-side. He walks around with like pyrite around his neck. So just for the sheer fact, I want those those two very interesting characteristics. But realistically, I, I, bet, it's, I bet it's Romero. Just because Israel Asanya said he wants to fight him. Romero put out that clip. He said, I'll see you soon. Israel Asanya put out that screenshot of his, his uh, I think it's his text with Eugene, his mm -hmm. coach. And Eugene was like, let's fight Romero. Like, silence the doubters. And Israel was like, I, I'm exactly what I'm thinking. So if I'm a betting man, I say Romero. But personally, I want to see Can I want to see Crystal Captain yeah. Jared Cannonier. If we're talking about the most deserving, I think Cannonier has uh, has put up, you know, mm -hmm. he has a nice little streak at middleweight. Um, he probably deserves the fight the most. Uh, but again, Yoramo's coming off a very controversial fight against Paulo Costa, who was mm -hmm. supposed to fight next, right? Uh, a lot of people thought Yoramo Romero won, including myself. So, I wouldn't hate either or. I think either or presents great challenges for the champion. Ultimately, what you want to see is the champion get different types of looks, right, to prove that he he's the best. I think both offer different things that they haven't seen that you know Adesanya hasn't seen throughout his career. Um, from an action standpoint, I'd like to see Romero fight. <laughs> to be honest, I know he's gotten like a million title shots, um, but. I feel like that's probably the the, the, the sexier fight for me. So I'll, but I'll if we're gonna go off deserving, I think Cannonier is is the guy. I'll throw a name at you because a lot of people were on Twitter going over this. Our friends over at Submission Radio, I saw them yesterday. They're convinced that if Darren Till beats Kelvin Gastelum, it's gonna be Darren Till Israel Adesanya. Just because I, Darren Till is a popular yeah. fighter, he's from the UK. You could do like the UK versus like the New Zealand area. Mm -hmm. You could put that in like a big. Like, I don't know if it'll be a stadium show, but it'll be like a high selling against two yeah. popular, exciting, striking fighters. Uh, I don't know if that happens, but I've now seen that a lot on yeah. Twitter. If Darren Till wins in exciting fashion uh, over Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah, uh, some are treating this fight kind of like as a number one contender, right? I've, I've seen some comments, but I don't think it happens. I mean, if you look at the on the side of Gastelum, he just fought, he, you know, he just fought Asanya, so you don't want to uh, fight back to back again, like. Just doesn't make any sense and as far as till i really don't think that that'll happen in my opinion for this fight with gaslam dana white was against it he was like look don't fight gaslam fight somebody else you know this is not a good idea gaslam still I, I mean um till was like no i'm down this is the fight and the fight got made so fighting at asanya that i mean he beat up gaslam so that's just another step of of, of, of rushing um i, I think you know, if he gets a win over Gastelum, look, you got back in the win column. 
you know, you clearly be a top middleweight. You're in the mix, but let's slow things down. I, I think, really don't think he'd get a I shot. I think it depends on how the fight even plays out. If Darren Till just goes out there and just like smokes him, just yeah. smokes him in like under a minute, like they're gonna try and I bet they try and make that fight. But then again, it could be a three round war, and they both get six months medical suspension. Yeah. So I hate doing this matchup thing because. I didn't know Paulo. Co- I thought Paulo Costa was going to fight him in like what February, March. Yeah. Now he has surgery on his biceps, so who knows who, how healthy they're going to be after this fight anyway? Three rounds. Like when's the last time Kellen fought three rounds? Was it the Jacare fight? Maybe. Uh, maybe yeah. I think, and then he'd had those long layoffs. He had the the fight against Izzy. That was one of the greatest title fights I've ever seen. So let's see how the fight plays out mm-hmm. first. Because if Darren Till just crushes Kelvin in under a minute. And Israel Adesanya couldn't do that. It's all we're all playing hypothetical what ifs here. No, think, know, if it happens, I still don't think he gets a shot. To be honest, I bet it becomes a thing after that. Like if he calls him out, and then Israel's like, "Yeah, let's do it." Like this and that. Who knows? It's all hypothetical nonsense. It's the middleweights. Paulo Costas will fight the winner of whoever. But uh, what do you, what, Casey? What do you think? I know you're nodding and shaking your head over there. So I don't know what you want. Till squeaks out a decision. Sure. He goes, "I want a title shot." Dana goes, I'm not going to give it to you. And Till goes, please. He goes, okay. If I don't want it, guys. And then they're going to do Till Izzy. Yep. See, that's it's just, it's a popular fight. Because then Dana's going to go, I didn't want to give it to him. Like, like I, I didn't want to give him Kelvin. Like, like, you're not the boss. What are you talking about, man? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Jared Cannonier though, Crystal Captain. Jared Cannonier is clearly the right choice. Yeah. But nothing is ever right. What is right? What is right? What even is? <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's keep going with this title picture uh, discussion. Uh, Lodovic would like to know, Jones doesn't seem to be interested in Reyes, nor is he calling out uh, any heavyweights. So does Johnny Walker have a shot at becoming the number one contender on Saturday? What is your take on the fight? What do you expect to happen? Anyone else in the mix for the title? Since Jones keeps shooting everybody down. I think it's going to, yeah, so it's going to come down to how Johnny Walker wins because John Jones is on record numerous times where it's these fighters that people keep bringing up over and over and over that get him excited like I remember when Glover Chair first signed with the UFC everyone kept pointing at him as like mm-hmm. a future contender for Jones and then at the press conference hyping up his fight against against his first fight against Gustafson everyone kept asking him about Glover Teixeira and then he beats Gustafson and then he goes I want to fight Glover now so if people keep asking about Johnny Walker and then Johnny Walker wins uh, an impressive fashion again, it's got it's going to be Johnny Walker just because yeah. everyone keeps bringing it up. Yeah, I think it's going to be Johnny Walker uh, if he gets a win. I mean, Corey Anderson has been putting up a, a really impressive body of work as of late. So beating him is definitely will put him in a, in a, in a good spot. And look, John Jones is looking for big fights. He's looking for... For fights that you know fans want to want to see, that's one of the reasons why he hasn't been calling out anyone from his weight class. Um, but I think if Johnny Walker does what Johnny Walker knows uh, what to do, knows how to do best, um, I think he'll catch a lot of eyes and, and there'll be a lot of momentum behind that fight. And he'll say, you know, come on, let's do it. Uh, yeah, I think Johnny Walker has a, has a, has a great shot. Yeah, and Dom Ray is on the other hand. He destroyed Chris Weidman, looked good, but uh, again, I don't think John John Jones is very interesting. If Weidman had been Dominic Reyes, I think it'd be no brainer that Wyman yeah, would be fighting yeah, John Jones, sure. but that didn't happen. Uh, Dominic Reyes is calling out John Jones, but how t- isn't Johnny Walker taller than John Jones by like an inch or two? Like maybe. So yeah. that I mean, would be one of the first. Dude, yeah. It'd be one of the first fighters John faces faces that is as is taller. He's than six him. five, and John is six four. How I think Gustafson might be the same height as John. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but uh, I know everyone keeps asking John Jones about Johnny Walker, so I think that's I think that's the fight that'll happen. Casey wants to say something. I know that. 
going back a second, when we did this whole, who else are bad motherfuckers in the UFC? Why does no one mention John Jones? Uh, cause he, I don't know. I kind of put him as the well. Goat. He's he's uh, I he, mean, because he actually kind of goes against what we think is a bad motherfucker. Yeah, but yet he wins. I mean, I know why, we, but it's, mm-hmm. it's. I think it's very interesting that we don't. I mean, it depends. The fact that he's not he's not going. I'll fight whoever. He's going. I'm only going to fight the guy that makes me the most money, even though I'm the champ, even though yeah. I'm just supposed to fight the more contender. It doesn't matter for me. I think. Sorry. I, no, I'll go. Um, I, I think obviously every UFC fighter is a bad motherfucker just because, like, look, you're getting in your profession is to beat other people up. Your profession is to literally get good at fighting. Uh, that's pretty badass. But we're talking about like this definition as far as what's on the line is the BMF title, right? This Saturday. I do not think John Jones fits that. Uh, again, this is a guy that's very calculated. We've seen in some fights that have not been very exciting. He's done just enough. He's also for him to get the win. He's and not risk and not take any not take not any risks because every time you're fighting, you're taking risks. But not not take risks enough just to cause damage. Look, I'm up on the cards. I'm winning. I'll just do enough to get the win, and that's that's completely fine. Like that's also your job is to win fights. Um, but this is a, a guy that cares about his record. This he, is a guy that cares about winning and losing, about keeping his belt. Uh, whereas Diaz and Masvidal, their priority is to fuck you up, then it's to win. He's also turned down fights on short notice because it did like when he was off exactly. the jail son and I'm like mm-hmm. short notice. He goes, nah, 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 nah. I need a whole yeah. camp. I need to prepare. And then he did take that OSP fight on short notice. Wasn't his greatest performance. Yeah. Uh, but he's one of those guys that, yeah, won't fight whoever, needs a camp, is calculated, won't mm-hmm. like... And we, which is fine. It's completely okay. And add him to that BMF list, Tiago Santos is a bad motherfucker. That dude sees some crazy stuff in his life. I was talking to a Brazilian reporter, and they were like, you seen that movie, like, City of God, City of Gold, or whatever? Yeah. He's like, he's from that area. So, yeah, Tiago Santos. City of God. God. Tiago Santos is a bad motherfucker. When you're talking about John Jones and Santos, I think I just realized a part that's a bad motherfucker criteria that we're missing is go back to the wire and think of marlo when he said my name is my name i've never seen the wire we're talking about your name well, and sure. how much your name means mm-hmm. and i think of what nate diaz and the whole supplement thing it wasn't about he was always going to fight but it was always about his name and his mm-hmm. legacy not about the paycheck not about winning or losing it's like i'm a fucking bad motherfucker i'm a fighter i'm not a cheater i think jorge falls into that category too if he would have got one of those tests too he mm-hmm. yeah. had been in the same like fuck this, you know. I think that is a really important factor. Your yeah. name outside of the cage. Your name when you're walking in the streets. People, yeah, how you carry yourself. They also walk around with like an entourage of like thirty people, all dressed in black. So that's a bad motherfucker. Oh, I gotta add Vicente Luque to that list because in UFC, when the UFC was in Arizona, before he got came to his post fight scrum after his fight with Brian Barberena, he had like blood on his head and he used the blood as hair gel. He was like, this is great. And he's like pulling it back. Though He's like, the blood acts like gel. I was like, good God, man. It's the most metal thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> uh, Gustavo Quintiliano would like to know, uh, how will the BMF title be presented on Saturday? Do you think, do you, well, if Nate wins, will he say, and still, the baddest yeah. motherfucker? 100%. And do you think they'll actually say motherfucker? I, yeah, they definitely will say motherfucker because it's going to be on pay-per-view, so I don't think they're going to have to worry about ESPN or any of that thing. Uh, the Rock is supposedly going to put it around the winner. He's mm-hmm. gonna. I think he's going to present it on Friday. I'm not 100%, but uh, Nate will definitely say and still because he said that at the press conference in New York. Um, I think you were in Tampa for when that happens, so yeah. you're going to be there. But I don't know if you, you – did you watch that whole thing? Oh, wait, the one that, the, with the, the Masvidal? Yeah, the New no, York I was one. No, I was in uh, Mexico. Yeah, you were in the Mexico yeah. card. Um, when Nate said this is going to be for the inaugural 
like BMF title and they just goes nah I defended it and then this is gonna be me defending it and then Dana laughed and then corrected himself and Masvidal thought it was funny so he's definitely gonna say and still but supposedly the rock's gonna wrap it around the winner the uh the winner's waist uh so that'll be interesting yeah I, I'm curious to see how the presentation looks and because that's part of like look they're stepping into some uncharted territory by making the this title I mean this is this is the very first in in the UFC a title outside right the regular title that we're used to seeing so i'm curious to see if they actually make a thing about it and and, and have this whole presentation i'm curious to see how the belt looks you think they um, come in on championship weight I, is that even a thing i don't know i've every time i try to ask dana that's a good question like, as well well no according to uh i forgot who but i think somebody from our site spoke to uh the commission and they're actually not considering this like a a title fight it is going to be a five round because all main yeah, events yeah. are five rounds but this is not a, a sanctioned title bout. So I I, I do think they should have uh, that one pound allowance. Yeah, because bad motherfuckers don't recognize sanctions, man. Yeah. He's going to come in underweight. Yeah. 165. What if they both came in 165 and they're like, this is the 165 pound championship. And that's Nate Diaz does something else to change the game. The CVD, the the USADA, and now he just makes the 165 pound. Like, he can do whatever he wants. Like, it's going to happen. I hope that happens. <laughs> In the comments uh, on the live chat, uh, Pulse Reloaded would like to know if you think The Rock will do the eyebrow. I hope so, man. The people's eyebrow. He's got to do it. I can't do it with the right eyebrow, but he's got to do it. I don't know. I feel like that takes away from the moment. Yeah, The Just Rock. Skip the belt. Look, you're the baddest dude in this company. And that's that. I hope he does. I was a big Rock Mark back in the day. <laughs> he gave me the eyebrow and told me to take a hike when I asked for his autograph once when I was like 11. Never, never, ne was never more starstruck in my entire life. Does he come in as The Rock or is he coming as Dwayne? No, nah, he's The Rock, man. He's The Rock, he's okay. rock Johnson. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Let's get on to another question. Oh, um, now that uh, I can't pronounce big, loud, Luigi, whatever. Uh, it up. Now that there have been a plethora of men's bantamweight spouts announced, can you break down what is at stake? Do they give favor a title shot with the win over Jan? And is also at 135 really going to be a thing? Apparently. Yes and yes to both of those. I think if your eye favor beats Peter Jan, Henry Cejudo will fight. I will fight. Will most likely fight your eye favor. But then the Marlon fight is a weird one because if Marlon wins, he's not going to get another title shot. Mm. It's a fun fight, and I really like that fight. Casey's grimacing over here for whatever. He hates that fight. They should sw swap, honestly. I think Mar uh, what Favor should fight Marlon and... Uh, uh, Favor Aldo. Favor Aldo, 135? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Cause they fought Yeah, they fought at 145 at WC. Why not? Yeah, just do it. It's like, I mean, but I like that I, fight anyway. I feel like if, if you make that fight... Um, one of the big reasons why why Aljo and Peter Yan, well, one of the reasons why they, they're not getting a title shot is because Cejudo's out, right? But one of the reasons why they weren't front runners in the beginning to begin with was because they didn't have a big name to put them over. Yes, we beat Pedro Munoz. Yes, you know, they've picked up legit wins. But in the eyes of the casuals, right, they, they didn't have the Dominic Cruz name, the Uriah Faber name, right? That, that's why those guys are still in the conversation. By doing the opposite with Aldo and Uriah Faber, 
if Peter Yan wins or if Marlon wins, you're kind of putting him over. Like, look, he, you just beat a legend. You you know, you're kind of... So I think they, they both need each other. Or the legend gets a legit win and you can justify the legend getting a title shot. Or you, they might just give it to Frankie Edgar at 135. Or Dominic Cruz is out there too. Who knows like, when Frankie's going like, his debut. I want Dominic Cruz to fight Frankie Edgar. I, I, think, I, I just like that fight. I think what's at stake here is what they're doing is just making matchups and there is no plan let's see what happens let's see let's see look 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 at the bmf fight there was no plan for this it's just it happened this carried momentum it was the biggest thing to make it was the obvious move so that's how they go about it imagine if uriah favor picks up a huge win and all of a sudden he has a crazy call out and something happens with sahuda in the crowd all of a sudden that's your fighter or with aldo etc so it's just kind of like let's see what happens type deal yeah, because I want to see Jose Aldo even make 135 before we even talk Jesus, about this. Jesus, that's that, going to be... I'm looks, a huge skeptic about that, and I'm I'm concerned. Uh, I, I think he could potentially make 135 once, but again, a sustained run. We saw Pettis make 145, what, like twice, was it? We saw... And, uh, but it was clearly not nothing that was sustainable. So can Aldo make 135? Yes. Can he stay at 135? That's the bigger question. Like, I, like, I think I don't think so. Like but. Diego, Diego Sanchez at 145. Exactly. That's real yeah. bad. Like, yeah, he looked yeah. awful. So, uh, mm-hmm. or Con- even Conor McGregor at 145 looked like he was going to fall yeah. apart. So I don't know. Like, yeah, I agree with you. If he makes it once, I don't think he makes it again, especially on a quick turnaround. Uh, but I think the thing Uriah Faber has going for him is he was the, I think he's the only one fighting in that that circle that Sahudo called out because he also called out right. Garbrandt. He called out Garbrandt, Frankie Edgar, uh, Faber, and Dominic Cruz, and Uriah yeah. Faber is the only one with the fight books right now. So if, and if he beats Ricky Simone, like he did, like if he beats um, Peter Yan, like he beat Ricky Simone, like, how do you not give it to him? Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is this is uh, a fight f- to justify Uriah Faber getting a title shot because Peter Yan is legit. He's a top contender. If you bid him, you should be you should be fighting for the belt. And they're, they're going to use that video of I think I don't even think it was before Henry Cejudo even made his MMA debut. It was like him and it's like Uriah Faber was like Henry, come here. This is my friend uh, uh, Henry Cejudo. He's an Olympic medalist. I, yeah. He thinks he might go into MMA, guys. And it's like Henry Cejudo's like twenty three, yeah. twenty four. So they're going to use that. Uh, that clip of Uriah Faber introducing Henry Cejudo to the mm-hmm. MMA world. Full circle. So basically, no way Jan gets anything from this fight. No. Because he just beats an old guy. No, but he beats a name. <sighs> Depends on how he beats him. He beats a name, and, and look, that's kind of what he needs at this point, right? Like, Because we know he's legit, so he's not going to prove anything that we don't know. Uh, and he just needs you know, a big stage and, and, and a big name and a highlight reel. Enough to uh, create some traction in order for him to, to get a shot. Who, who did he beat? Uh, he beat. Because uh, look, if, if, if Marlon beats Jose Aldo, you're not going to make that again. You're not going to run it back. So, you know, clearly Jan would have his uh, his golden ticket there. Yeah. And then Aljamain is still on the shelf, so uh, he's also better. Exactly. You can insert into that. So there's a second part to this question, actually. Uh, is it promotional malpractice not to book Edgar versus Cruz? Yeah. I've been saying that for years. I wanted that. I wanted that fight like six, seven years ago. Yeah. The footwork in that Matt fight would just be off the charts. I mean, when I even when Frankie was the one fifty five pound champ. Remember when they had that champions panel with mm-hmm. all the champions up there, and uh, uh, Frank Edgar was like right near Dominic Cruz. They weren't that like Dominic Cruz was taller than him, or they looked like the same size. I'm like, I want that fight to yeah. happen. That was 2011, I think. So yeah. we're eight years later. I still want that fight to happen. Yeah, ideally, that's a, that's a pretty good fight, but we still don't know. I mean, what's what's the status with Cruz? Has he even put out a return date? I no. think he's still dealing with injuries, right? Yeah. And, and those injuries are lingering, right? Um, so who even knows if he actually comes back? Uh, and with Edgar, we haven't heard much about uh, a potential date for him wanting to get down to 135. I mean, the last time I heard Edgar in the headlines was him begging for Conor McGregor 
to, to fight him basically <laughs> um but it looks like that's not going to happen so i think again that's that's that conversation is is a little premature given that we don't have a bunch of information yeah frankie still hasn't even made 135 like he's like yeah. i can make but it, I can he make can, it. i've, I've seen him in person he's, he's not a big dude he, he, i'm sure uh, he can make it but i i also asked him at that that dominance mma media day like because he wants the connor fight obviously and but he wants like he's Oh, yeah, try and, to Frankie. yeah, he's gonna try. He wanted a deadline because if he's gonna make 135, it's gonna be a process, of course. But if he's gonna fight Connor at like 155, he's gonna try and yeah. bulk up. So he's kind of in this weird phase where, say, he fights Connor at 155, he goes up, but if he goes to 135 and yeah. fights Simon Cruz, he's gonna have to cut down. So he's in this, he, he wants to set a deadline, he said, but he didn't give me an exact date, yeah. Uh, yeah, if we see Frankie this this week, uh, you should we'll make right. sure to, to ask him that because, um, it looks like the. The Conor McGregor fight is not happening. So, yeah, definitely not. Um, what because, are his plans moving forward? Because apparently Conor even offered to donate his purse to charity, which I don't think is true either. But that's that's another story. Yeah, to this um, proper twelve charity, I heard. Yeah, yeah right. The, wait, the, wait, wait, wait. Go back. What are you saying? What's not happening? The McGregor Frank Edgar fight. Oh. Because like that's not happening. He wanted to fight him in December, like a three round fight. And Daniel was like, "No, you're gonna headline, dummy." <laughs> okay, just checking because. Apparently, the uh, in sorry. Apparently, in an interview with the schmo just now, yeah, Dana just now, yeah, that was like just yesterday, now. right? No, or yesterday. Yeah, sorry, Dana confirmed the date. So for for Connor. Oh yeah, it's gonna be, well, Connor, which is the, eight, the 18th, right? January 18th. It's like January yeah. or something. It supposedly um, comes down to Gaethje or Cerrone. Or Cerrone I think the yeah. Cerrone fight is so dumb right now because really Cerrone's lost to uh, yeah, who's, who's he? He's lost to uh, Gaethje, and who did he lose to before that? He's on two fight losing streak, right? Ferguson. Ferguson, right? So those are two fights that Connor could have, and he's taking the guy yeah. that beat, that lost well, to both of them. Connor's coming off a loss as well. Sure. So you pair, you know, usually losers with losers, right? Um, and winners with winners. I think that makes sense. And look, if, if you want to get more fights out of Connor McGregor, you got to ease, ease his way in. And, and I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody, but if, if you, I mean, obviously I wouldn't fight anyone. <laughs> but if you were to tell me to pick fight Justin Gage or Cerrone, I well, go with Cerrone. Here's my thinking: the UFC is going to book Cerrone versus Cap versus McGregor because historically, Donald and I, he hates he did not like when I asked him this, but Donald Cerrone does terrible against southpaws. Like mm -hmm. he does awful against southpaws. Like whenever you fight southpaw, yeah, I lean heavily towards the guy he's fighting. Connor's a southpaw. Donald Cerrone has all of the records in the UFC, so yeah. they're, Connor beats him. They're going to be he beat the guy that has all the records, mm -hmm. and they're not going to even talk about his last two losses. So yeah. I think that's what they're going to try and do. I also agree with you that Justin Gaethje fight is a terrible idea for Connor McGregor, yeah. but I kind of want that fight for Justin Gaethje because mm -hmm. he deserves that fight. He's if the Habib, he should be fighting for the title if Tony Ferguson after Tony Ferguson uh, and Habib. Yeah. So I think. You know, the Gaethje McGregor fight is awesome, and if Connor beats Justin Gaethje, you could make an argument he deserves a title title shot after yeah, that. Yeah, of course. So that, that like, is a big if. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really like. I, I'm more f uh, towards the Cerrone one. Um, I understand, like promotionally. Plus, Cerrone, I'd like to see him get a nice fat payday. Um, I think he he has a. I think Gaethje has a little bit more life le left in the sport than than Cerrone does yeah. at this point. Um, you know, he's just been around longer. So, uh, look if. Your days are coming to an end here in the sport. You know, f get that big money. For then that. who does Justin Gaethje fight? That's what happens when injuries, when you skip the, the serving contenders, uh, when you make fights that are not supposed to happen, right? In, uh, title fights. This is a problem that the UFC brought uh, upon themselves. Uh, so, and, 
someone's going to get screwed over. That's and the fact. Didn't Poirier just have like surgery too? So it's not like exactly. he's going to be, gonna be out for a, a bit. Um, like, look, not- ideally, I, I, in my opinion, ideally, you keep Conor McGregor away from, from the title. Why? Because it's going to be, a pr- first of all, I don't think he beats Habib uh, anytime soon. We saw that fight. It was not competitive. I don't think he beats Second of all, either. Him with the belt is a problem because you know he's going to want things, whether it's stake at the company and, and he, there's going to be some uh, maneuvering going on with the belt that's going to put the belt on ice. Contenders are going to get screwed over. Look, there's plenty of, 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 of top contenders that are willing to fight for the belt. Have Conor McGregor be kind of in that money weight. Have him fight Donald Cerrone. Then have him take on the winner of Diaz Masvidal. Uh, just keep him busy. Have him doing fun fights. And, and, and that's how ideally I'd like to see him. And look, if he gets picks up enough fun wins then maybe you go for a title shot but right now ferguson needs that shot after that is gagey it'll probably be march right is that i think that's when habib wanted to return i so we have to wait for march and then which means the winner of that if they do fight gagey gagey's gonna basically sit out for a whole year yeah so doesn't want it to, yeah exactly i don't casey's annoyed right now i don't want a year without justin gagey yeah. in my life i'm, I'm mad you just talking about this <laughs> i know i want justin gagey to fight every single i'll watch justin gagey fight this camera and i'd be excited to watch that so uh but like who else is out like i don't want to watch justin gagey versus dan hooker like i like yeah. that fight as a high level martial arts fight but like that fight doesn't do anything for him except keep him busy yeah. just a placeholder fight i mean i hate those that that's the problem with with the way things got handled at lightweight and someone's going to get screwed over. Like whatever course of action you take or what the UFC takes, there's going to be some negative side effects to it. Whether it's Justin Gagey sitting out, whether it's putting up McGregor against Gagey and then have him not ever fight again, potentially Um, whether it's, you know, Cerrone not getting that big money fight, whether it's even Tony Ferguson getting screwed over. I don't know, but there's going to be some sort of adverse. Don't put that uh, into the ether right now. Look, I, at this point, nothing would surprise me. But it sounds like the person not getting screwed over will be McGregor. McGregor can fight anyone and make money. He's the only person that will not. I get mean, screwed he's in over. a position that he can't get screwed over. Whoever he fights, it's gonna is gonna be a big fight. Whoever he fights is is, is I don't he's think he's gonna make a lot of money. I don't think Khabib's getting screwed over either. I think Khabib. I mean, he's the champ. Over. He can't. No. I mean, he's got to fight Tony Ferguson. I yeah. don't want to think about any other fight for either of those two men. It's like we. At you, you guys were at UFC Vancouver, and both Justin Gaethje and Donald Story was like, yeah, Tony Ferguson fight for the championship. Like, that's it. I know Ali at the media day and <laughs> Justin Gaethje, uh, both of them told me that Justin Gaethje deserves the shot over Tony Ferguson. And in my mind, I'm like, shut up. I don't want to hear it. It's Tony Ferguson, Habib yeah. Nurmagomedov. End of conversation. What do we, what do we got? Sorry. <laughs> um. Soylent, sponsor the A-side. Um, you, want, no, you interrupted me with a random Soylent news. I I can't wait for the people. You know, people only listen to this sometimes too. It's gonna be hilarious. To, like hear all this okay. argument. Ar- arguing. Uh, I'm not arguing. I'm just saying a fact. You weren't queued up. Oh, okay. The uh, what one of the comments going through the chat a lot is because it's happening this Friday at the press conference. People want to know about Colby Usman. I don't know who's gonna win, but that's the that's mm-hmm. the, that's the fight that makes sense. I mean, I even Darren Till was like, "Say what you want about Colby Covington, he's still a good fighter, and he's yeah. the rightful number one contender." I mean, it's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not the most exciting fight. Like people obviously care more about the BMF championship, yeah. but it's it's the fight that makes sense, and I am I am looking forward to that fight regardless. Yeah, it, it's it's a good fight. Um, it's the right fight, as you said. I mean, Kobe's like what, like I think like seven and zero in his last Something seven like that, bouts, yeah. and he's beaten you know guys like 
Robbie Lawler, Damian Maya, right, RDA. So he, there's no doubt he clearly deserves that. Uh, so that was the right fight to make. Um, this is this is such an interesting fight because it's kind of the opposite of what we're seeing with the main event of UFC 244 in the sense of, uh, you know, two guys with the kind of opposite styles of, of the guys that, that are fighting. And uh, for some reason, the fan base has more of an appetite for this type of fight involving Diaz and Masvidal than they do for the actual uh what what's considered yeah. the best fight right because it's involving the two best guys in the weight class um so i think there's something to be said there about kind of the appetite of of the ma fan base today um it looks like we're going more closer to boxing every time which is you know more of, a, of the show um and, and again the excitement and the actual you know which two are the best um so yeah i think it's a it's a fun contrast that we're getting between this main event and the main event at UFC 245. And it's weird because this fight we're going to see on Saturday, everyone, like you see in the poster where it's like the like the censored, was the parental yeah. advisory logo. And everyone, in the when, the when the press conference went off, everyone was like, don't let your kids watch this. Don't let your kids watch this. The Jorge Maswell and Nadia is having immense respect for one another. Like, mm-hmm. they're not going to talk trash. And that, on the that's flip another, side, that's another, on the yeah. flip side, Kamaru and Colby Covington despise each other yeah. and they're going to talk all the trash yet people are still more interested mm-hmm. in Mahori Masvidal versus Nantes regardless of the no trash these fight, th- these two matchups couldn't be any more they're, opposite as well even in the making even the stylistic way yeah, that they fight exactly even in the making of the actual fight this fight with the BMF belt it came together super naturally while this other fight I mean Colby's deserved the shot for forever it almost it was forcefully i mean they even tried not to make this fight right the initial talks were masvidal versus usman so a natural fight that came together versus something that you kind of forced together uh and finally made it but uh yeah in in, in so many different angles and, and perspectives these two fights are, are completely the opposite of each other and uh kamaro it's gonna get ugly like kamaro says he wants to beat up colby Covington for all like the immigrants of the world like it's gonna turn oh, it's ugly. gonna get ugly yeah it's and, gonna be and real ugly. covington I think, you know, the more he gets into his character and, and people, people hate on him and, and he's getting good, whether you like to admit or not, he's getting good at what he's doing. I remember when he first started, his sentences were off, his phrasing sometimes didn't make sense. He would say things that just didn't make sense at all. He's starting to get good at his shtick. Um, and while he's also getting good at it, he's also exploring new frontiers and barriers, right? We saw when he beat Robbie Lawler and he mentioned the Matt Hughes things. E- right. Each time he's getting, I mean, he threatened to slap his boss with a bell, right? Dana White. Each time the, the dude keeps pushing the line, pushing the line, he's getting into beef in the gym, right? The gym energy is, you know, not the greatest between between him and Masvidal. I think um, it's Colby versus everyone because, like, Joanna wants Yeah. No, Masvidal there are some guys in. that like him. I was at ATT and I saw some some people say what's up to him and and uh, there, there are people that like him at ATT. Um, I also witnessed, uh, I don't want to get too into it because it's a little bit off record, but I also witnessed, yeah, it's camp. Um, I also witnessed uh masvidal arriving at att uh while colby was leaving and that was interesting um so yeah each time is just he's kind of pushing the boundaries so i know as you mentioned it's going to get into some ugly territory as far as as far as the trash talk and everyone thought between this Usman fight on colby. saturday would be the one with all the oh no this is this the chillest is, fight this, this is the chillest, is the fight. chillest yeah. fight like the the press conference was real weird they talked about like veganism and all that stuff and scarfing that was like one of the the worst press that, conferences no, that was, in the history that was of the, the that was the worst press conference in all of sports i've ever seen in my entire life that was horrible um and then they just stared down and that was a wrap and yeah. i'm like 
I love it. And and honestly, I know this is like super off topic, but like this fight kind of needed the whole USADA thing that happened last week because if you look at all the interviews, it was kind of like the same redundant questions because they're not going to talk shit about each other. There are no layers, no new storylines. It's like, all right, you two are fighting for the the BMF belt. How do you feel about that? Um, Did you ever think this moment wouldn't come? You guys have been fighting for a long time. It was kind of like just, you know, not not that much of a buildup. And uh, I feel like they needed that. I know it's a little bit random off topic. It reminds me of the Anderson Silva and Nick Diaz fight. Like, they didn't Mm -hmm. talk any trash. That was just a fun fight. I love that fight, too. We got hopefully. Oh man, if Nate Diaz lays down in front of Jorge Masvidal, does the paint me like one of your French girls poses? I'm in on that. <laughs> um, I actually really appreciate that they're not trash talking. I agree. It, I think it proves that that doesn't need to exist to some mm-hmm. fight, which helps actually de-escalate some of the really ugly trash talk. It, and Masvidal has been a huge proponent of that. He's like, look, I can I can talk shit if if I want to, but at the end of the day, like. The reason why this fight proves, and, and I asked him that in Mexico, and he spoke to it uh, in length in Spanish. He's like, this proves that you just need to be a bad motherfucker for people to want to watch you fight. Like, I don't need to. This fight sells itself. Like, this is ultimately, like, what mar- like what fighting is about. Like, you should be excited to watch me fight, not talk. So, uh, again, this is an example, and he hopes that this fight with Diaz. It's funny. It's almost like if he's, like, being, like, a teacher and, and setting an example for the fellow uh students uh which is funny students of the fight game it's gonna be an interesting time for sure um let's uh just well to you know go off here a little bit on the side um a question from sjy long time uh, commenter yes can you give a grade to bellator in ufc and rory on his free agency did he meet bellator expectations in terms of revenue and ratings and then did, did the ufc miss out on not re-signing him I don't know about the revenues and rating things, but like he became champion, so it's not like mm-hmm. like he became champion and lost to arguably he beat and lost to arguably the greatest Bellator fighter of all time. It's I think it comes down to Douglas Lima and um, Patricio Pitbull as the greatest yeah. Bellator fighters ever. Michael Chandler's like in that category too, but Pitbull obviously knocked yeah. him out. Um, and then he lost to Gegard Mousasi, who was at the time middleweight champion, one of the greatest fighters who ever lived. So I think in terms of like his actual competition he mm-hmm. lived up to the hype he became champion for crying out loud yeah I, the revenue and everything not sure because it's always weird hard to gauge bellator when they stick them in these random cities on these random dates right and yeah all that stuff i i think is is i think you're right in the sense that he checked the boxes right when bellator signed roy mcdonald the first box that they wrote him or at least the fans and the media wrote on him was this dude needs to become champion mm-hmm. this dude needs to headline fights this dude needs to be a big uh face a big name for the promotion he checked all of those but i kind of like barely i think most people i think expected roy to be a lot more dominant uh given the fact that he was an elite a really top uh fighter in the ufc uh, coming over to bellator usually there's that perspective that the ufc the top ufc guys are going to wreck in bellator um Roy had some things in his life uh, that I think played a big factor into uh, into that, you know, happening. Um, so, did he meet expectations? Yes, but I think he didn't surpass that. Uh, again, what what's even going to be the future with him moving forward? Um, again, he, his his career right? in Bellator was a weird one. It's a very weird one, but um, he did check the boxes. Yeah, he also what he found God. So that was a the yeah. John Fitch thing was a well, weird he, one. Yeah, yeah, he's been. And it's interesting because the way I, I don't know, I, I talked to him, for example, I talked to Lima. He's also a big believer in, in, in God. Um, I think he has like a Bible verse on, in, on his Instagram page. That's how I like realized he 
you know, he was a, a big follower of, of Christ, right? So then I asked them, you know, like, did you have those same reservations uh, when you, you know, became a Christian about your fighting career? And he said, he said, yeah, it was tough at first. And, and, he, and he kind of agreed with what Rory's is, is going through. But then when I look at him, I kind of don't see the same thing I see when I look at Rory. Um, there might be something else to it. Maybe I'm reading uh, more into it. I, I don't know. But um it just seems like Rory's clearly a different fighter. He's still a very good fighter, but just not the fighter he once was. When I think it's, in my mind, Roy McDonald's career is before and after that second Robbie Lawler fight. Like, I don't know if he physically ever recovered from that fight. Because the next That's fight, a big he, one, yeah. he lost to Stephen Thompson. And then his nose was, his, a, his big nose problem, was a big problem. Which so, hasn't been recently. But yeah, still. so I think, in my mind, it's before and after. Because I remember leading into that Robbie Lawler fight. Like he, that Damien Maya fight, I think it was at 171, 172. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the exact uh, event. That was a great... I loved that fight. Yeah. That was a very exciting Damien fight. Damien was up so. on the scorecards, right? From yeah. I remember early. Yeah, even the first Robbie Lawler fight was really good. I yeah. think that was at UFC 167. That was the, the GSP Johnny Hendricks card. And Chael and Rashad fought the co-main event. Um, so all those fights was really exciting. Yeah, the Jake Ellenberger fight was kind of a dud. And in the very next fight, they booked him against Robbie Lawler, uh, if I remember correctly. And Robbie Lawler won the first time too. So uh, in my mind, it's before and after Robbie, the the second Robbie fight. Yeah, um, I think yeah, that's a key factor as well. There's a bunch of factors as well. I think you know something that Dana has always alluded to was like there's only so much fight you have in you, right? And how much fight did he actually give out in those performances where now that he's stepping in the cage, yeah, he still has all the skills that he's developed throughout the years. Yes, he's still, he's still a world-class fighter, an elite uh, mixed martial artist, but does he have that dog in him, right? The, it's it's tough. It's tough to go back to the, like those places and dig real deep. You can only do that so many times. He only has one finish in Bellator when he submitted Paul Daly. Mm -hmm. All the other ones were... Yeah. That's the thing. I don't, I don't, I don't understand this whole... He's not the same fighter anymore. Okay. When he's always been that fighter. Yeah. You just people just choose not to. They just ignore the fights they want to ignore. Like when he fought um, Tyron Woodley. I love that, but he dominated yeah, but, that. Right. Fight. Tyron Woodley, but we but we didn't go. Oh, he didn't finish Tyron Woodley. Because well, he loved it, God. it just seems it just seems it was, that it was, he's always been the same. But fight. he's just been he's just to me he's just more honest, and he's actually talked about regretting being honest to the media. Yeah, but like, see, in in that type of performance with Woodley, he wasn't forced to dig deep to get a victory. You know what I'm saying? Whereas he's been put in some situations in the UFC in his past where he's been because nobody wants to get into those type of wars unless you really have to run unless it presents itself. But when when he was when the option was offered to him or, or when the option presented itself in a fight, he did have that escape to, OK, let me bite down on my mouthpiece and dig deep. Whereas here, it seems, you know, he can have those type of performances, very clean performances like the Neiman Gracie, Tyron Woodley. But when the fight gets dirty and when the fight gets tough, it doesn't seem like he has that same grit. Well, he in him. said he also. What about, what about the Lima fight? The first one. The first, the first one. Like, one. That was the, an unbelievable. The first one. Both guys nearly died. That fight. Yeah, that was an amazing like, fight. I, mean, I, just, I, just, I think choosing ignore something. Yeah, I think when what I what I was referring to. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah no, no, for sure. What um, I was referring to is after that John Fitch fight, he said he had reservations about physically hurting another human yeah. being. And if you're a fighter, that's a big problem. If you can't even if you don't want to hurt someone. Uh, because he's like, it's hard for me as a Christian to want to physically assault another human being for money. That's pretty much, that's in my mind, that's that's the big change. I've uh, heard a lot of fighters actually said, but the fact that he associated with God is why people yeah. were like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a good point. It, it's also, you know, again, this is still very early. Uh, Lima said it took him a while. He said it's tough at first. It took him. Maybe it's a transition period. Maybe it might take a few fights. Maybe this is the Rory that we see moving forward. I don't know.
Uh, so time will tell. I have to interrupt. Go ahead. Okay, there's been some news. Uh-oh. News. Is it Darren Till news? Yes. Yeah, so okay. I heard Darren Till got his visa issue squared away. Yeah, so his visa issues are squared away, but he'll be late. So he won't be at the media day or the open workouts, just so you know. Mm. Rats. Um, he will be available to interview after ceremonial weigh-ins on Friday. Sick. Uh, he's not coming until late tomorrow. So just like, I imagine it's going to be like a big scrum. Yeah, it's funny because the UFC sent out a press release and it says, due to a delay in travel, but Brett Okamoto had already tweeted like 45 minutes ago that it was a visa thing. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've been hearing about that visa issue for a little while. Like, I mean, he's got, he's got a criminal record, so. Yeah, that's oh, a problem. Wow. Just <laughs> <laughs> this is fighting, bro. This is for the this if the headline is for the BMF championship. Yeah, I talked about. You can't be on this card without coming to record. Yeah. Record. If you don't have one, if you haven't, if you don't have a mug shot, yeah. take a hike. Beat it, nerd. Kelvin's Kelvin Kelvin just push over some old ladies. Kelvin's <laughs> Kelvin <laughs> Kelvin's Kelvin's, Kelvin's, <laughs> Kelvin's got time to do something. So do you do you think that that'll affect the fight? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think so. I think if it was at 70, it would present issues because, look, you're traveling. We know travel takes a toll on the wake up. But since it's at 185, uh, he should be okay as far as those things are concerned. But don't forget, Anthony Johnson, when he was fighting at 170, when he stepped up to 185 to fight Vitor Belfort, he missed weight by a lot. So you would think like, okay, just because you're going up a weight class, you should be or, good uh, with the Who was the fighter issues, in, but in uh, Manny, was it Manny Bermudez missed weight? He, I think it was him. He missed weight and the Phoenix going card. Going up weight class above? Uh, he missed weight against Benito Lopez and Phoenix and won. And then he missed, he remember they made the fight against Casey Kenny a 140 or like 150 or something like that. Or I can't remember the weight class, 140 uh, catch weight. Yeah. And Casey Kenny was like, it wasn't because of me. And the next fight they made Manny Bermudez go up. And he still missed weight. And it was in, it's from Boston. Yeah. It's like where he's from. So who knows? The weight yeah. cut thing is always going to be weird. Fingers crossed because that coming event is, is pe- nice. People forget Jorge Masvidal's first fight at 170, I believe, was against um, Cesar Ferreira on the card after UFC 189. That was held by Wonderboy and Jake Ellenberg. It also had uh, Michelle Wire since UFC debut. Uh, Jorge Masvidal missed weight. He came mm-hmm. in at like 172 because he said uh, he kind of overestimated him yeah, being yeah, yeah, able yeah. to make, and he got to Vegas and he goes, I want in and out. And then he <laughs> came in and out and missed weight by like a pound yeah. and then still knocked out his overhead with like a standing elbow. So uh, very weird scene in that. That was like in front of like maybe yeah. 30 people. Okay, we got a question from Sexy Panda 69 <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Sick. Who will be challenging the winner of the BMF belt? Conor McGregor. The winner, the Conor McGregor will fight the winner. That's, I think it's a no fight. So what's this, what's this Cerrone Gaethje talk then? Because Conor believes, like, I think that regardless, the winner will fight that Conor. Maybe. That's, it depends on who wins as well. Can, Nate Diaz. You could do a non-title main event then. Yeah, uh, yeah, because Connor, yeah. Nate, you need the trilogy with Nate is there. So if, if Nate wins, that's a no-brainer, I think. I think if Nate wins, they don't even entertain the Donald Cerrone fight. They just go, Nate Connor 3 for the BMF championship. Uh, and it, then M- Masvidal too. Like, Masvidal is like, keeps saying, like, they're not going to let me fight him, but like, that's just, they're going to let him fight him. So, yeah. I think they want to see how the fight plays out, and if the, someone comes out healthy, the Donald Cerrone fight, Justin Gage fight, is out the door, and the winner fights Conor McGregor. I think it depends. I think there's a difference between Diaz and Masvidal. Diaz clearly gives zero f's about actually fighting for the title um yeah. he has no interest in that um he actually i don't think he has a whole lot of interest as being all that active um and when i say all that active as far as like actually getting several several fights in 
in a year so i don't think the belt is even on his mind is just getting big fights whereas masvidal on the other hand um yeah he cares about the money he's gonna get paid this weekend but he does care about the belt that is kind of important to him I, I spoke to him he's like i want all the belts like i actually want to fight for the title and uh look he also has doesn't like except the intercontinental belt right <laughs> he also yeah not not the he wants the real not the one being disputed yeah. at, at 245 um but he actually wants to fight fight for the belt and also he doesn't like covington if covington were to win that title i'm sure he'd love to get in in, in the octagon with him so um I think it depends on who wins. I think if Diaz wins, I think it's a no-brainer to do the Conor fight. And hopefully that's the fight that does happen. So, you know, he doesn't throw a wrench at lightweight. Um, and if Masvidal wins, I think he'll have both options in front of him. And I think it'll be just him and, and then, his team deciding on, on what's best. In this crazy scenario, Masvidal also wins the welterweight championship and then fights Conor McGregor. And, for, and he walks out with two belts. Who knows? It's a whole crazy thing. with Con Conor McGregor throws a wrench in freaking everything, man. He just gets to do whatever he wants. All right, it's, it's been about an hour. Do you... <laughs> Anything on Twitter? Because people always come at me about skipping Twitter questions. No, well, no, because uh, if for t the A-side tag, right? Um, some people just respond to the actual post. Uh... Like, if you go to, like, the MMA fighting tweet, people, like, will just reply. Oh, okay. Well, then Laz Nikolovsky would Sick. like to know, gents... You were pushing it away from me. This is, this is live, man. Guys, don't fight. <laughs> I was pulling the mic out of your mouth. I was trying to talk to This is live. Guys, don't fight. Uh, with the upcoming pay-per-view and stack card beneath it, do you think this pay-per-view will do a million bucks? No, not in the ESPN era. I think what the... What, the 244? Yeah, this one on Saturday, he's asking if this fight will do a million buys, and I don't think... It's even going to come close. Uh, I think the days of a million pay-per-view buys are out the door for a while. I think the Conor, if, when Conor McGregor fights, that will be the telling of how much this one could do. Because I think UFC 240, was it 241, was like the first successful pay-per-view ESPN Plus had where they had like, what, 300, 400 pay-per-view buys. Because it's all, you, you have to pay 241. for it. Yeah, the, the Nate Diaz, uh, Pettis, yeah. the DC, Stipe one. So it's, uh, I don't think this does even close to a million buys. Okay. Not, not, not that I'm fact checking or anything, but like, wh where did you, uh, where did, where did you see? Because I haven't seen. That's the thing. As soon as like the UFC went to the ESPN, I honestly haven't seen much reports I about think it was, actual pay per view. I guys. think it was our Uncle Meltzer okay. or someone. Someone yeah. maybe Dana said. I can't. All I know is someone said 241 was the first like real successful ESPN Plus pay per view. Hmm. And all the all the whispers from the managers that they were like. Everything is a little though, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I don't, and it's I, a lot of, it's a lot of whispers. Yeah, uh, so no, yeah. no concrete evidence. I do, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I'd be just taking a shot in the dark because I, because I don't know what these pay per views are getting now that uh, you know the UFC moved over to ESPN exclusively for their pay per view provider. But I will say this: this fight is might be bigger than what we actually like expect it to be. Um, Masvidal top, for example, him going to Mexico and actually refusing to answer questions in English and address. All the Mexican media that were there, and we're talking about like all the top media from from Mexico was there, uh, and just addressing that whole demographic in their native tongue. Uh, I, I think this this fight taps into uh, into like a lot of markets and and, and, and big like big audiences. So Nate Diaz, Chicano. Yeah. Now people never add like people always talk about like Tony Ferguson, Henry Cejudo, Tatiana Suarez, like Kelvin Gastelum. Nate Diaz represents Mexican Americans pretty well too. I feel like he doesn't rep though. Like, no, he doesn't but come I'm out saying with like he flag. doesn't rep, but like yeah. I, 
my like my family, like my my Hispanic family, completely associates with Nate Diaz. Hmm. Like, because Jorge Masvidal is obviously Cuban, but they yeah. go Nate Diaz, Chicano. We got to we got to root for him. So I think people don't talk about that enough. I know Stitch Duran talk, just talk about that all the time. He'd like talk about Nick yeah. and Nate being these representative for the Mexican American community. Uh, this site's big, man. When I was uh, going to Mexico, the um some lady, the lady that like helps you like check check the bags in. Um, I had uh so the way like. Whenever you check out equipment from from Vox, uh, they put in a tape with a job code. So mine was like UFC Mexico or something. Um, and she's like, oh, you're going to cover the UFC fights. Oh, and then um, she, she kind of recognized me a little bit. And then she she went on to say like, oh, yeah, me and my husband are trying to get fights for the UFC 244 uh, card. Masvidal, and like, I was just like, oh, like that doesn't happen. Like, I don't know. I usually don't get that. I got tweets about people from Glasgow trying to fly into me. Yeah. For I mean, I have out. friends asking me, like people that don't know about him. Hey, so, uh, you know, these guys, Diaz, Masvidal, um, this fight's big. Um, I think the rock being there is going to be a big that's deal. Gonna be Donald big, Trump big supposedly, well, yeah. su- supposedly going to be there. Oh, yeah. I've, heard, I've heard secret services already like scouting out MSG for it, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, very eclectic demographic. I mean, we're going to be there, you know, MMAfighting.com. You know, MMAfighting.com. That's when you know there. it's a big event, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, four staffers at this event. That's how you know it's big. Cuatro, represent. We out here. Cuatro, that's four. Spanish. Yep, it is, Casey. Tell me more. <laughs> what comes after cuatro? Five-o. No. <laughs> Where are you from? I bet you're from Houston. The fucking World Series champs tonight, please. Please, <laughs> who are you? Who are you? Who are you saying please to? God. You've ch- you've changed. <laughs> you've changed. Oh you, my God, they lose four home games. Oh my God, first time ever. Casey might not be able to cover UFC two forty four. Yeah, I know he might not. Right. The last time there was a card here, didn't Houston win? They won. Yes. Well, yeah. They won. They won. I watched it. Marker Monday here. I guess who won last year? Boston. That's- all right so that's it for the a side i had a great time with dancing girl we actually got to do the as esther lynn called it the extra live a side live chat but for jose this is danny this will go up on itunes stitcher google play soundcloud all that fun stuff we're here at usc 244 so actually just stay on the youtube channel because we're going to go to open workouts tonight media day tomorrow Ceremonial lands, official lands, the Rock press conference, UFC 245 press conference, and of course, fight night. You'll hear both of our lovely voices. Casey will be manning the camera. Esther will be doing what she does better than anyone else on planet Earth, taking some amazing photos. But for MMAfighting.com, the team out here in New York, we're out. I'm going to kill it.